The following program is intended for mature audiences. Warmest aloha, sir. Hey, Holly. Hi. Holly to you, too. He's so Holly, he doesn't even know he's Holly. I'm tempted to say menehune. Like Hawaiian leprechauns. <laughs> or chipmunks or something. What's wrong with that turtle? He has lung problems because he smoked too much turtle weed, which is bad for you, right, Ola? Hawaii has a big future. I, I, I want to become a part of it. I know every angel of these islands. I'm like a good tourist guy. What we're about to say. See, we're on a mission. Trying to find a way. If you and me make a guarantee. Welcome to Living the Aloha Life, podcasting Pono on the 808. I'm the poor man. And I'm Dr. Aloha. All right, and we just came into Tiny Bubbles. Tiny Bubbles. And we're going to be talking about the life and music of Don Ho. 
And I hope everybody knows who he is. <laughs> if, they, if they don't, <laughs> I feel sorry for them. <laughs> well, they will now. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and talk about the life and music of Don Ho. We're going to play a huge amount of songs. I don't know, like 20 or something like that. Awesome. Yeah, and um, we're going to talk about his life. And, you know, a lot of people don't really know about him personally. Mm-hmm. But right now, we're going to get all the bad out of the way. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Let's talk about COVID. Yeah, so we're going to go to breaking, breaking, mind you, COVID-19 news. I'm so excited. Oh, shut it. <laughs> what do you got? Oh, okay, so October 15th is the travel date for reopening only Oahu to tourism as of right now. Crazy, crazy. That's coming up fast. Right? Really fast. Now, we had been talking about this again and again since they said they were going to open up in July. And we said, that's not happening. And we said, August. That's we, every time they went ahead and said it, we were right, pretty essentially. And we eventually did say they're probably going to open up if things are looking good in September or October. Yeah, definitely wrong about September, but... <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then it just kind of got to the point where we were thinking and we were hearing things that, you know what, screw this year, let's just reopen and January. get yeah, fresh for January. So all those bad vibes and everything are gone and we can just start anew. Mm-hmm. So that's the way we still feel. I guess we could, I, I still feel that way. Yeah, I think October is going to be a little bit of a disaster when we initially yeah. reopen, but... And, and we're going to talk about that right now, about okay. the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, let's do it. favorite movies of all time yeah i know (laughs) (laughs) not mine (laughs) okay the good are you ready for the good let's hear it okay hawaii is facing the reality that if it doesn't have some sort of plan for reopening to tourism it will fall into economic collapse and you've been saying that for a long time right so they're looking at it as you know what it's it's like a it's like a nip in the butt get going figure the shit out I get it. Yeah. But why just Oahu and I don't know, like, what does that We're going to get into that. Yeah, yeah. we're going to talk about that, too. Okay, October 15th. This is the way I feel. October 15th is like putting oil in your car for the first time in six months. It's going to start slow, and you'll need to go easy on the engine, but it will get the motor running on opening the economy again so we can start some form of normalcy and begin getting businesses opened again uh and locals back to work yeah i mean i think that should be priority in step one but that's just my opinion that should have always been priority right like how is tourism trumping that i'm a little confused (laughs) i don't know but anyway well because you know most of the money comes in from tourism no i know it's all about the money yeah yeah the world now this is this is good this is the for me i believe this is i think we both maybe feel this is the good but the world will witness firsthand how capable or incompetent Hawaii's leadership truly are at handling this crisis and reopening to the world. That's really saying, I mean, that's put the leaders of Hawaii... Put them to the test. It's put them to the test. It's put them right up front. 
And they kind of... The world is watching. Yeah, I mean, Hawaii and its leaders put a date out there now to the world. They can't go back now. Or they'll just look like idiots to everyone. <laughs> and it could really hurt Hawaii even more if they go back on their word again. Come talk, come October. It's the truth. Right. October 15th, they don't open. It's going to be really looking bad. Yeah, for I Hawaii, totally agree. And then no one's going to believe them. People and then, are already booking, so it yeah. would be really bad. Yeah. I mean, October 15th will either be Hawaii's slow savior or Hawaii's financial demise. Well, let's hope for the best here. If yeah. we're going to do it, let's do it right. Yeah, let's do it right. Now, the bad. This opening could hurt the state, tourists, and local people's relationship between the three. Now, there's a lot behind that. Right now, as we've been talking about it, you know, the local people here are very upset with the leadership. Of course. And there's a lot of animosity. There's a lot of resentment right now. There's a lot of anger. And that's already, that relationship has already been destroyed and there's no trust left there. Yeah. I mean, even in their five-point plan, they said, oh, we need to do transparency. <laughs> what does that tell you? It it's tells so you that, sad. It tells you they've been lying and they know they've been lying. They've which been, is, yeah, lying and withholding a lot of information. Exactly. And now you're bringing tourism into it. So because the anger here is so high against the state and the leadership, I think bringing tourism in now coming October 15th is like throwing wood on the fire yeah it's just going to fuel the anger it's just going to be it's going to fuel the anger even more because they don't feel that we have this under control here and you know they don't feel tourists should be coming here yet Uh, we have been hearing a lot of kind of whispering and stuff is and everyone is so sick of it they're like just saying to themselves, you know what? Wait till next year. We need a fresh start. Mm-hmm. We got to get our shit together the rest of this year in our own families before they start letting tourism in, you know? And I get it yeah, because I, too, yeah. I think a lot of us feel the same way. But at the same time, like you said, financially, we wouldn't make it till January. I that's, mean, as a state, we wouldn't make right, it Right. So January. that's another thing because the honest to God truth is, is we... Well, we're going to talk about it, but we could if the state was actually helping the people. Right, right. I know, but they're not. <laughs> no, so the, so people really lose it. Like, uh, listen, you have to, you're shutting down my business, but you can't. But you're not helping me. And we're going to get into that a little bit later about these things that they're offering local businesses. Now, like we were saying, it could create a high level of resentment from the local population against the state and its leadership, and in turn. The local people will take it out on the tourists. That worries me so much. And that does worry me because they don't. It's it's not not fair. Yeah, it's not that they don't want the tourists here. It's just they're not ready for them yet. This, uh, but I mean, they're just angry at the leadership. Yeah. So take that how you want to take it, but it's true. They have nothing against tourism. It's just that they're so upset right now that they may take it out on tourists and that's not a good thing and we don't want that right now well people do feel like the state is obviously prioritizing tourism above local that's businesses. what people are saying that's yeah. what the local people are saying especially if you go on hawaii news now and you go all the news channels and you see all the comments they're all they're all saying that oh here we go again putting money over people and why can't we open our doors when resorts are opening, you know, that Right, kind of stuff. like why can't the local business open for local people right. and start slow? It's like they want to open Hawaii to tourism before the local businesses can open. Right. Which is bizarre to me. So even when the tourists come here on October 15th... They're going to be stuck in their resorts unless we fully are reopened by then. <laughs> which isn't going to happen. So right. there's going to be a lot of places that are closed here when you guys come if you were to go ahead and book for October. So we keep saying... 
it's probably not a good idea to come here right now because you're not going to fully enjoy your vacation. And I would never say, hey, let me book this vacation. Come on out. Come on out in October and do a tour with me and all this other stuff. If I don't feel you're going to have a complete great vacation. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. It's true. Okay, here we go. The ugly. Wait, that wasn't the ugly? (laughs) No. No, it wasn't the ugly. I know managers from several resorts in Waikiki, and they have been furloughed till December 31st, 2020. Resorts don't want to reopen, and, you know, you have Mufi Hanneman, and we're going to get into that. There's people out there saying, oh, resorts are ready to open, they're ready to do this, they're ready to do that. No. No, they're not. We'll put it this way. You can't run a resort at 20% capacity, is what I'm saying, really. Mm-hmm. They're going to open. They're going to be with everybody. Well, they're no, not going to make any coming. money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The resort will be losing money if they open up at 20% capacity. And that 20% capacity may last a year. So by them actually opening up, they may go under. <laughs> That's really <laughs> because scary. Because it, it's costing more to, to just, run. To yeah, just run. Just run the resort with the air conditioning and all these other things, bringing people back. and They won't t- be bringing in very much money. No. That's no. a problem. Yeah, that is a problem. I don't know. So on October 15th, they're saying that, you know, right now we're getting about um, 1,000 to 1,500 at the most, I think, about a day here. And we usually get 30,000 people a day for everybody to survive. So by the opening on October 15th, they're thinking they're going to get three to 5,000 tourists a day over the rest of the year. Now, Hawaii, like we said, 30,000, if you're only having three to five, and you usually get 30 a day. That's a huge, drastic difference. Yeah, so not only your local businesses are still going to be suffering, but the resorts are going to absolutely suffer. And word is again that a lot of resorts are coming forward and saying, we're just not opening till next year. They've already come out and said it. Oh, so it might be slim pickings if you do come. Right, so it's going to be slim pickings. You're only going to have a certain amount of resorts to choose from. Interesting. I mean, the Halikulani, that's off the list automatically. They've been, they, they said they've already come out and said they're not going to open until like next June I or something. I remember that, or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the resorts cannot survive on 5,000 visitors a day. Many resorts are just not going to open. You know, this is all from the Hawaii Tourism Authority speaking about that they are ready to open now. They have 5,000 rooms to open. And right there, that alerts everyone to, wait a minute, 5,000 rooms? And it's just not plausible for resorts to open. Mufi Hanneman is pushing this. Mufi Hanneman. If you put Mufi and Ige on a rocket ship to the moon. Rocket man, that would be. <laughs> oh, and and, and Hanabu, Hanabusa. Put Hanabusa in there too. Put the three of them on there. And uh, yeah, we'll be Hawaii and be a lot better shape. Yeah. Um, now the other thing is, and no one's thinking about this, is we have to deal with the hotel workers unions that don't feel safe right now reopening at all. So they're wondering why the state hasn't put in new measures or more measures on how they're going to keep the workers at the resorts safe from the time they go to the resort to the time they go back to their families. Yeah. Right? No, it's completely true. They'll be around tourists every tourists day every and that's day. very scary for them, sure. So we're going to have a big problem with the state resort and resort employee unions fighting soon and then we also have to deal with the other islands and the travel bubble where you can only stay on the resort but you don't have to do the 14-day quarantine and you don't have to covid test right so that's fucked up because those employees will definitely come in contact with the people who have covid i know how does that work i mean do the employees have to stay there at the resort or 
I see a lot of harm from this. I, I know. I'm I not really sure. I don't. I don't. There's so I, many holes. So I many want, pukas in the planning. There's so many pukas, and I want to say, okay, good, we're getting the motor running. But the thing is, is this state has so badly handled this crisis and virus that I don't believe anything anymore, and I don't you trust know. them to get anything right anymore. Nothing surprises me anymore. So used no. to bad leadership that we yeah. just kind of expect it now. <laughs> yeah. Now I, now, I believe local businesses should be supported by the state government while the state and its leaderships get together in order to uh, have a straightforward, safe, and complete opening in Hawaii with a fresh start in January 2021. That's just the way I feel it should be. They're not going to do that. Right. They're being pressured by some resorts, some small business, and I think they're really getting pressured by the Hawaii Tourism Authority. I don't know what those fuckers do with all the money that they get. <laughs> and I really think they're putting the pressure on the state, and they're putting the pressure on the governor and the mayor, and it is completely about money. It's not it totally o- is. It's not only going to not be good for local people, it's not going to be good for tourists. It's just not that nothing's going to be opened here in October. I do worry about that. I hope tourists who, you know, plan on coming do realize that things aren't going to be open here. I hope they're not expecting a normal Hawaii vacation because then they're going to come. They're going to be disappointed. They're not going to want to come back in the future. And I mean, there is a lot of harm to be done from that. Yeah. And this is as we're continuing to get, you know, around 100 cases a day Mm -hmm. and people are dying every day. Just, Just imagine a Hawaiian. You know, they're seeing this. Maybe they lost one of their kapuna. They're seeing all kapuna die right now. Then they see you guys here, and their local business isn't even opened yet. But you guys can come and go lay on the beach. But, well, that's but where the we, resentment, can't, we can't. That's where the resentment's stemming from. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, why can't I go to the beach? Because you're not bringing in money by going to the beach. Why can't I open, <laughs> why can't I open my small business? I know. So this is the problem. If you guys are seeing, like, you guys will be the privileged to come to Hawaii and the local people have to stay in their homes and can't go to the beach and can't open their small business. You guys may be saying, that's crazy. How is that even possible to happen? Well, that's the thing. As of right now, today, that is what's going to happen. We, They have no plan on opening tourism to the other islands because the inter-island travel, the other islands have like one or two hospitals on them each. Yeah. And they don't have the capability right now. And the other mayors are trying to figure out how are they going to handle if there is an influx of COVID. I mean, I totally understand that. But by the same token, Oahu is the only island that's doing so badly right now, you know, in comparison. And yeah. so bringing in all the tourists here, I mean, do we have that many hospital beds? <laughs> I don't know. As of right now, we do because our cases have gotten lower again. But if they will get up to... But some, when we bring tourism in, I don't know. Saying. I mean, what happens if our cases... You know, it's... Uh, I mean, I think I'm going to lose it. If we were to get two to 300 cases again because tourism has opened up and now it's being carried to the families at home and, and it goes up that way. Well, that's what I'm saying. What is Hawaii going to do? That's are they going to exactly say what I'm saying. tourism are we, is closed? Are we preparing for that? Because I think that <laughs> is going to happen. I think it's really unavoidable. The spread is going to happen when we bring more people in. It doesn't matter who who the people are. They're people who are coming in. I know. It's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen, but we're just going to play it by ear, take it day by day. And once flu season starts, it's a double whammy, and I don't know what Hawaii's going to do. Do you want to talk about that for a second? Huh? Do you want to talk about that for a second? It's insane. I was talking to my dad on the phone the (laughs) other day, and my dad's like, yeah, when I got my flu shot, he's like, the doctor, you know, told me I really had to because... He's like, what if you get flu and corona at the same time? You could get both at the same time, potentially, and it would be really deadly. Yeah, they're going to call. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I never even thought about that, getting them at the same time. 
It's going to be called <laughs> the, the, the Kova flu. Oh, my God. And, and you will definitely die from that. <laughs> so, <laughs> traveling on a plane with a bunch of people who may have the flu, who may not have the flu. And how do you get a test? If you have the flu, which is a lot more common, millions of people are affected with the flu. Right. And you get on a plane, you got a fever. Or you get off the plane, you get you, you get checked here in Hawaii that you have the fever. And then they don't know if you have the, f- the, the flu, flu or, or they got your COVID. Both. And they, then they put you into quarantine and you can't even go to your hotel. <laughs> and it's, I don't, guys, I'm just saying, let's let's all chill out. Uh. And I think you can wait at least four more months to book your Hawaii vacation when it's good time to do that. Or because right now it's just, I don't know. You're just going to be taking a huge risk. It's a yeah. huge risk to do it. And we've been telling you that since this whole thing started here in Hawaii, we thought that this would be the best plan so yeah so anyway (laughs) oh trust me we're gonna get to don ho at some point we will we promise (laughs) all right so the state has put aside about 75 million dollars for small businesses to help them stay afloat but there's major issues with who can get the grants and who can't and the requirements to get the grants so do you want to explain that a little bit since you're a small business so the whole grants thing you know hawaii says oh we're helping small business we're helping small business 75 uh million dollars were given out to everybody and they gave out like 50 million last time and the thing is is that it's not helping a lot of the people that really need it they said that you cannot get any of this money if you're not a brick and mortar you must have an address a building that you're working out of and paying rent out of so all small businesses that work out of home that work out of storage containers which is a thing here which is a huge amount of businesses work from home or work in storage because you can't afford to have a building none of them can get any of this money so the majority of the really small businesses, they're going to go down. And this is depressing to me. Devastating. Yeah, it's horrible. And then on top of it, um, wasn't it something like you have to put up the money up front? Yeah, so this is the other thing. Everybody is suffering right now since the last shutdown. All these businesses now, the small businesses, even brick and mortars, they don't have the capital or the money sitting around to spend right now. They've actually have gone into their savings, their retirements, and no one has the money to spend. To get any of this money, even small brick and mortars, they have to spend money to get this grant money, which means they have to put all these expenses out, which they don't have money for. Then they'll get it back. So this they're kind is of put, Yeah, so they'll be reimbursed eventually, but they're kind of put between a rock and a hard place because if you don't have the money sitting around to spend... Spend to get it for free. You can't get the money. Right. You can't get reimbursed. So what you have to do is you have to take out, like, uh, I don't know, what can you do? Take out on a separate loan? You got to take out, like, I don't know, what can you do? Put it on the credit card? And, and, and then <laughs> they give you the money for the grant after that? And it's like, How does that even work? It makes no sense to me what I they're doing know. with this money and then the shit that you have to go through all the stuff you have to fill out and all this stuff it's absolutely unbelievable it's ridiculous so we're in a bad spot do you hear this it's like a it's I like think a, they're pretending to be animals or it's something. like a like a howling wolf <laughs> oh my god let's anyway. take a let, let's take a quick break okay we'll be right back all right we are back. Um, so Wait, did you just make some kids cry? Yes. So I just found the culprit that was outside playing wolf. 
and I became the big bad wolf. You're like that grumpy next door neighbor. I mean, they probably grumpy. don't They're have, probably terrified I mean, of you. When I scream outside the window and say, shut up. Oh my God. <laughs> you are terrible. We got a show to do. Show must go on. I know, but kids have to be kids too, you know. I know, but just not right at eight in the morning. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> So this news made me so sad. Yeah. The famous Buzz's Steakhouse in Kalua Beach has closed its doors as of yesterday. And this is very sad news. And you might be surprised that I care about a steakhouse since I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> but I do. I always, yeah. they have good salads. And I always got my salads. Of course, your salads, baby. Yeah, I always yeah. got my salads from Buzz's. And I would take it to Lonnie Kai Beach with me for a beach day. <laughs> and I'm so sad. <laughs> And plus, it's just a cute little beachy ambiance. Like, I like sitting on their patio for a happy hour. Yeah, I mean, the first time I went there, man, I was just, there's this little place that looks like a shack. It looks like a Hawaiian shack. Totally. And it's opened. It's all open. There's no windows. And it's just, it's right across from the beach. You can see the beach. And it's just, it was a little gem. It's a little gem. And I love that place. It's kind of, you know, it's like, what are the gems right now that have closed? The Chart House and Buzz's. These are like two real gems right on the water, right across the beach. And we cannot lose these places. And this we don't is know what's up with horrible. La Mariana because they haven't oh, opened either. Oh, La Mariana too. So, you know, you have a, La Mariana has been around since the 50s. This place has been around since I think the 60s or the 50s. And the chart houses have been around that long too. We cannot have these places closed. And I think this grant thing, $75 million, but the thing is, is you as a small business, you can only get twenty thousand. Twenty thousand is gonna. Like twenty thousand is like what two weeks work? Like two weeks, what a place like this would usually bring in. Yeah. It's garbage. It's nothing. And they say you stay closed, and we can't help you. You go into your retirement. You spend all your money. That's all we can give you. Me, for me personally, I can't get any of these because I work out of the house. I know. And the other thing is is the PUA unemployment ended August 1st. I'm making like nothing. Right, I know. So I've been making... It's not just you, it's a lot of people. Yeah, and a lot of us have just been going through our savings and it's been devastating. And, and, you know, I was doing... I was getting by until August 1st. And now Congress and the the House and the Senate, they can't get their act together. Clearly. So we have got no new plan, no new CARES Act from them. And for people like me and others, we're all suffering. And now we have... The Supreme Court justice now that passed away. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be focused on that, that now. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, those part the parties are going to fight over that. You know, see, this is about power. It always it's is. It's never been about the people. It always has been. So, you know, we don't often view our opinions on the actual politics of the country. But I, I wish people would. Un- I mean, there's a, there's a big group of people there that are one party or the other. And they don't see that they're the same, the same coin. It's just a different side of the same coin. They both have this, uh, the power is all they want. We need term limits. I, I would, if I was president, that would be the first goddamn thing I do. I can't disagree with any of that because it is all about power and, yeah. Yeah, and it's not about the people. If it was about the people, this shit would have been done. We, the, they would have been helping the people by now. And it's a sad situation. <sighs> No solution. Yeah. There's no <laughs> so. solution right now. And it's just, we're on our own, people. Everybody's just suffering. Folks, we're on our, we're on our own. 
Anyway, moving on. So schools, public schools here in Hawaii are transitioning to a blended model of learning before full reopening in the second quarter. So Do second, they know what they're doing? No, Oh, no, they never have. Well, Not from like, the start. So second quarter will, will be the start of October. And right now we are still doing distance learning with the exception of um, more vulnerable population, special ed population. They are in person in school right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, apparently we're transitioning to a blended model, but this is what the state does. They don't know how to make a plan, so they put the pressure on the <laughs> individual schools and complex areas. Now, Hawaii is confusing because technically the entire state across all islands is one school district, yeah. which really doesn't make a lot of sense, but because that's the model, we have what's called complex areas, and complex areas are kind of comparable to what a normal school district on the mainland might look like. Yeah. Um, so each complex area has its own superintendent, and that superintendent is responsible for making the plan for each complex area. Um, and so what is going to happen again is that each area is going to have a fully different plan. It's going to look different. You know, kids in one area might be going fully in person, whereas another area, they might be still doing distance learning, going in one day a week. Who knows? Why, it's look different everywhere. Why do you think, it, did they take this route because they don't want everything being on them? So they just put it out to individual schools and blame then they'll blame they, them. Yeah, and I feel so bad for the principals because they're not. This isn't their job. No, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to deal with a crisis I like this or deal with so a pandemic. Bad. The pressure on these principals having to do the superintendent's job. And they haven't been prepared to do something like this. Well, of course not, because it's not in their job description. So, right. So they're taking. They're trying to take guidance and advice from the, the highest person in, in, in there. So we do have. A superintendent for the whole DOE, the whole Hawaii Department of Education, but she's the one who is saying, oh, each complex area is going to do their own thing because she doesn't want to put a plan together. She doesn't, she doesn't want to handle the pressure and yeah. she doesn't want to take... I think she's been ripped apart so much already. She's kind of just like passing it on. She doesn't want to take the kuleana on. Yeah. She doesn't want to take the responsibility to do her fucking job. So <laughs> it's just a mess. It sounds like... Every state and every school system in the country. I know it does. It does. It's like it's like what is going on? Yeah. Oh my god. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can say. I don't know. We're on our own. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what we're gonna do is we're going to get into the story now and music of Don Ho. Oh finally. Finally, Imagine yes. That. Now we're gonna be all Don Ho. Okay, are we ready? We're ready. Okay, now the first thing we, I wanted to talk about, even because what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and play some of his songs first before we come back and start talking about them. Mm -hmm. But what I wanted to talk about is I wanted to talk about that I've personally met Don Ho. That's so cool. And he's a really, he was a really cool guy. He was really a jokester. He yeah. would just sit there, yeah, and he would just sit there and say, hey, you know, do you know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, shake his head and then he would, um, he would just start joking. And mm -hmm. he joked with my parents. And my parents met him, uh, you know, I only met him once, but my parents had met him like three times and they had gone to his Don Ho show. And during that time, I think they were doing some That's kind of so cool. Yeah, they were doing some kind of um, ballroom dancing competition back then. <laughs> and my my mother got to dance with Don Ho. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she wanted him to, um, I don't know what she had won, but she had won some ballroom dancing like uh, the rumba and some other particular dances back then. Your mom then. did? Oh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, she was a champion. And um, then she became an instructor. 
and uh, she wanted him to sign her trophy. <laughs> she brought it from back home. Oh, that's really cute. Did he? <laughs> yeah, of course he I did. I love it. That's really oh, sweet. It's ridiculous. Oh, man. your mom must have been in heaven. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She was. I mean, she she never got that close to Elvis, but at least she got <laughs> at least she got this close to Don Ho. Well, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I mean, from what I've seen, Don, you know, from what I saw, and from what, what my parents had told me from all the times they met him. He was a super nice guy. Yeah, I heard super just nice very charismatic, great yeah, personality. Yeah, very funny. And, you know, we'll get into his whole story yep. when we get to get back to this. So what we're going to go ahead and do is we're going to listen to Waikiki, Lovely Hands, and Sweet Leilani. Now, Lovely Hands. okay, just so you all know, I used to um, fight in uh, mixed martial arts. And I was uh, seven wins, three losses. All my losses came from chokeouts because just once they got me to the ground, they just choked me out. So, oh. but I didn't. But I never gave up. I passed out. But, oh, jeez, um, it's horrible. But, but after that, I really learned how to choke other people out. Anyway. Anyways, I based the name of who I was on the song "Lovely Hands." I really? was I was Hands. No way. I was Hands because of my my, my big fists. guy called Hands. Huh? A big guy called Hands. Wade Hands Fisherman. I kind of love that. That's really cute. <laughs> Wade Hands Fisherman. <laughs> I love it. That's who I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just Very thought cool. you guys let know that. Yeah. Okay, so we'll go listen to these three songs, and we'll be right back. All right. There's a feeling deep in my heart Stabbing at me just like a dart It's a feeling heavenly I see memories out of the past Memories that always will last Of a place beside the sea Waikiki Night when the shadows are Oh, 
You are 
my paradise completed You are my dreams come songs cool they're pretty amazing they're pretty awesome all of his music is i know okay so don ho was hawaii's ambassador of aloha to the world as he was an icon of the aloha spirit he had a charismatic personality which brought people together along with his values of hawaiian culture and his music no matter who you were he made you feel special in his genuine local boy style Don became Hawaii's most famous and iconic musician of all time. When you thought of Don Ho, you thought of colorful lays and aloha shirts, festive luau's, strumming ukuleles, flowing palm trees, beautiful hula dances, and of course the song, Tiny Bubbles. (laughs) A trip to the Aloha State seemed incomplete unless capped by a Don Ho performance, which became a tourist attraction. He performed for thousands upon thousands for nearly five decades and was named that island's goodwill ambassador. There was so much more to Don Ho than tiny bubbles and pearly shells. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to go ahead and we're going to listen to three more songs. Beautiful Kauai, Moonlight Lady, and Hookie Lao. All right. We'll be right back. There's an island across the sea Beautiful Kauai Beautiful Kauai And it's calling, yes, calling to me Beautiful Kauai Beautiful Kauai in the midst of Fern Grotto, Mother Nature 
made her home And the falls of Wailuan Where lovers don't often roam So I'll return to my isle across the sea Beautiful Kauai Beautiful Kauai Where my true love is waiting for me Beautiful Kauai Beautiful Kauai
small Honolulu neighborhood of Kaka'ako on August 13, 1930. Don was one of nine children. I am. I know. He was of mixed ethnic heritage that included Hawaiian, Chinese, Portuguese, Dutch, and German cultures. Damn, he was a lot. I know. That's kind of cool, though. I like it. I'm surprised he was so Hawaiian. <laughs> yeah, he but he had so a lot Hawaiian in him. Yeah. <laughs> Although he was born in Kaka'ako, he actually grew up in Kaneohe. He graduated from the Kamehameha Schools in 1949. 
Don had become a high school football star by the time he left Hawaii to attend Springfield College in Massachusetts. Did you know that? No. However, due to chronic homesickness, he returned home to Oahu by the end of of the first year. Of course he did. I guess he didn't love Massachusetts. (laughs) (laughs) He then attended the University of Hawaii in 1954, where he earned a BA in sociology, and then he served with the Air Force as a fighter pilot. Did you know that? Nope. I he didn't was a either. fighter pilot. Briefly. Wow. So Don was transferred to Travis Air Force Base in California, where he went to Concord and he bought an electric keyboard from a small music store. Hmm. He recalled that this is when his music career started. Huh. Don was honorably discharged as a first lieutenant in 1959, the year that Hawaii became the 50th state. Wow. And you know, I couldn't find any more information on that, but. Really? Interesting. Yeah, it was just stated. So, huh. yeah. Now we're going to do three more songs by Don Ho. We have Little Grass Shack. That's a famous one mm. for sure. Hanalei Moon. That's a beautiful song. It is beautiful. Who is the Lolo? Who stole my Pacalolo? <laughs> hey, everybody has to do one marijuana song, right? I'm sure. <laughs> All right, we'll be back right after these songs. All right. We're right. I want to go back to my little grass shack in Kealakaku, Hawaii. I want to be with all the connies and wahimis that I knew long ago I can hear the old guitars playing on the beach at Ho'oponaunau I can hear the old Hawaiian saying It won't be long till my ship will be sailing back to Kona Grand old place I always long to see You're telling me I'm just a little Hawaiian And a homesick island boy I wanna go back To my fish and poi Wanna go back To my little grass shack Yalakakua Hawaii Where the humuhumunukunukuapua I go swimming by where the humu humu nuku nuku apu a go swimming by Tahua hila, tahua hila, hila Eku hila, pili kowa luwala Kutti tui luwa iti towila Anali puita baalai Tahua hila, tahua hila, hila Eku hila, pili kowa luwala
I'd like to thank the Lolo who stole my paca Lolo. I had it in the yard only yesterday. It's lucky for me the rest is all gone. The man with the bad foot and put me away. Alright, we are back. Don's parents owned a cocktail lounge, Honey's in Kaneohe, where Don formed a small band to entertain the customers. The place started booming with business. Next, Don began to play at bigger venues in Waikiki, including Duke's. Man, could you imagine being there? I know. For Don Ho at Duke's. I can't imagine. Which became the most popular night spot because of him. He developed his own laid-back style. Reprise Records heard of his success and signed him right on. Don's popular live albums, The Don Ho Show, and in 1965, and The Don Ho Again soon followed. Pretty cool. Tiny Bubbles, 1966, which he almost didn't record, became number eight on the Billboard charts, as well as the signature songs that opened and closed all his shows. Other popular hits included Pearly Shells, I'll Remember You, and Hanalei Moon. Mm. All right. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and listen to Pearly Shells, A Lover's Prayer, and Sweet Someone. Sounds good. Ooh, this is the biggest drinking song in Hawaii, everybody. Let's everybody sing together, all right? Repeat after me whatever I say. All you got to say is Pearly Shells, all right? Pearly Shells. From the ocean, shining in the sun, covering the shore. When you see them, my heart tells me I love you more than all the
And give away 
that you belong to me Popularity, Don began performing across the nation's top nightclubs in Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Lake Tahoe, Chicago, and New York, often breaking attendance records in the process. This is how he became famous all over the United States because he right. went and traveled, unlike Iz. Who stayed local. Who, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. He became a frequent guest on TV shows, including late night shows. Don soon earned his own ABC daytime show, The Don Ho Show, <laughs> yeah. in 1976, mm-hmm. which filmed on Waikiki Beach. That must have been a cool show to watch back then. That's so awesome. Yeah. Is that where your mom was dancing? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> he also made appearances on other popular TV shows, including I Dream of Jeannie, mm-hmm. Batman, <laughs> The Brady Bunch, Charlie's Angels, Fantasy Island, and McCloud. Yep. Now, I didn't even know, but I watched, you know, we all watched the Brady's episode, the two-part Brady's episode with the little tiki that brought them all oh, bad, yeah, yeah. bad, uh, bad jujus. Yeah. And there was a scene where Bobby and, oh man, what was the youngest one? The girl. Oh, Cindy. What? Cindy, yeah. Uh, Cindy and Bobby had a ukulele and they were trying to play it, but they couldn't play it. So Don Hall was just happens to be walking down the street <laughs> and he comes over and goes, you want me to play a song for you guys? Oh, that's so and awesome. He, he played a whole, whole song for them. And then he said, yeah, come over and see me at the show or whatever. And then Bobby comes up, you know who that is? He's famous. That's Darno. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, it was, a, it was hilarious. That was the first time I really kind of, that was the first time I think I ever heard of him. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Because yeah. that was back in the 70s. Right, that was I a think, long time ago. I think ago. that was even like right about the time we came to Hawaii for the first time. Wow. Yeah, so that was interesting. But what's cool about all the TV shows he was on is that he did pretty much always play himself. He was Don Ho on the yes. show. He wasn't playing a character. Correct. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. All right. In 1995, at age 65, Don suffered a mild stroke and his health began a steady decline. By 2002, he had developed cardiomegaly. Megaly? I don't know how to say one. that. Which is an en- enlarged heart, unrelated to coronary artery disease, Damn. leaving him with only 30% of normal cardiac capacity. Ooh. 
Despite his failing health, Don remained hopeful to find a solution to his health issues. He also continued his nightly performances, although he made a few changes, such as trading in his glass of scotch that he kept on top of his piano <laughs> at shows for pineapple juice. That was a good decision. Oh, yeah. Don had a pacemaker implanted in 2005. He still experienced a number of problems afterward, including an episode when his pacemaker malfunctioned during a concert. It's oh, horrible. Wow. On another occasion, he was making repairs to the roof of his house when his heart suddenly started racing. Wow. He contracted a biotechnology company specializing in treating heart conditions with adult stem cells working along with Dr. Shoa, cardiac surgeon and pioneer of the use of adult stem cells for heart disease. On December 6, 2005, Don had his own blood-derived stem cells injected into his heart by Amit Patel and his fellow surgeons in Thailand. The treatment went without incident, and it was reported that his heart would be boosted back to 75% capacity. Damn, so I this is the first time I ever heard about stem cells. It's was crazy. when Don Ho, like this was for that time, this was revolutionary. Don Ho was the first one to get this. That was a real, it was somebody that a lot of people knew. Wow. So I learned all about stem cell from Don Ho getting a stem cell. Yeah, so I it was didn't pretty know interesting. Any of this about him? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't even know that. They don't know he was a fighter pilot. They don't know he was in the military. I didn't know any of that yeah. either. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the backstories here are pretty amazing. It definitely is. Yeah. All right, so let's do three more songs. We have Morning Dew, Kanaka Wai Wai. Bye bye. Oh no, Kanaka yep. Bye Bye. Yeah. And Forevermore. That was a tough one. So I don't know. I've been learning in my Hawaiian class that it depends on where you live in Hawaii. Some people pronounce the yeah, W's and some people pronounce it with the V. I listened to this song from three different artists and they all said bye bye. Okay. Well, so I think I had most to make sure. Cause I, yeah, because I wasn't sure myself. Because, you know, usually if it begins with a W, it's not a V sound. Well, no? so I thought that too. Yeah. But what I'm learning is it actually depends on where you live in How's Hawaii. How's the class going? It's going really well. I love it. Okay. So my instructor actually pronounces all words with a W sound. Really? But it's okay if we pronounce them with a V sound. Why? Because she said it depends on where you live. Huh. Like, will you live on one island? Like, will you live on... In Hawaii. Oh, okay. So every island has sections that pronounces it different. So someone pronounces Haliwea? I don't know. I, I, but it's not wrong, is what so, she's saying. Oh, really? It's not wrong to pronounce it. What about Ewa? Iwa? It's not wrong. Are you shitting me? Isn't so it's not Eva. No, I'm not saying that. Okay. It's just not wrong. It could be either way. It's just not wrong. Okay. And But I do know, like, for Pigeon, for instance, in different parts of the island... You can go ahead and do that and say it differently depending on where you're from. So you're saying some, so on some islands or whatever, you may be able to pronounce Hawaiian words a little differently. Yeah, that's interesting. But it is interesting because then I think about like wahiwa, vahiwa. That just sounds crazy. I know it does. (laughs) So I don't know, but yeah, that's what I learned. All right, cool. Okay, let's go listen to these songs, and we'll be right back. All right. All right. You alone, I say, wait for me, wait for me. The hours go slowly by without you close to me. 
I'm standing on a hill Looking down All around Waiting your return To me Once more I thought of moving on At my back I gazed upon that poem You gave me yesterday There's no one else to see So I know It's time to go Run along my way
So eventually Don's music would begin to lose popularity, unfortunately, after his 60s and 70s musical reign, at which point he mostly was performing at outdoor lounges. However, he was a mainstay in Waikiki for over 40 years, and the Waikiki Beachcomber Hotel was his official stopping ground. In addition to his musical talent, Don also became a well-known restaurateur Don Ho's Island Grill, which opened in 1998. What happened to that? It closed. Do you know why? It was at Aloha Tower where all the other restaurants closed. Oh, darn. Yeah, and I really loved Don Don Ho's Island Grill was in a few movies. I wish I could go there. It was a it it was such a I loved it because it was it was like La Mariana on the hokey side. It was like beyond you could imagine hokey tiki bar. (laughs) If it still existed, God, we we would be there. I would love it. Don and his family were living in Diamond Head where he raised his children with their mother. Don had 10 children. How about that? Oh, wow. One of his daughter's singers, Hoku, which I've listened to her and she is very good, their seventh child, whose name means star in Hawaiian, often performed with him and went on to launch her own musical career. That's really cool. In 2006, Don needed to have his pacemaker replaced. He remarried to a woman named Haumea. Why did you do this to me? <laughs> Why? Heaven straight. <laughs> I swear, I get set up for this stuff. Haumea Heaven straight. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> who produced his show for him at the Beachcomber. A few days later, on April 14th, 2007, Don Ho died of heart failure. So can you imagine he got married and then he died a few days later? What the hell? Yeah. That's unbelievable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this was a different woman. He had the, the nine, ten children with, right. the, uh, with the first wife. Right. Why did they get a divorce? So I couldn't find any information on that. I really Jeez. tried. All I know is he did. So, <laughs> so he passed away at 76. He was cremated and his ashes were scattered. What do you guys think? Let's In the see. sea. Yep. Don Ho's autobiography, Don Ho, My Music, My Life, was published in 2007. Don's final interviews for the book were completed just two days before he passed away on April 14th, 2007. That's crazy. The book was released that fall. I might have to read this one. <sighs> that that may be a book to read. Yeah. Yeah, so it is, what is it? Don Ho, My Music, My Life. Yep. Pick it up, guys. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so that's going to end the life music of Don Ho. That was so fun. Yeah, it was super fun. I love his music. Yeah, how can you not? Yeah, I'm really, when I think about it, from that time, it was Don Ho and Elvis. Those were the two that I loved. You know... From that time. I was actually listening to Don Ho, Greatest Hits, driving over here this morning, and one of the songs came on, and I was like, wow, this kind of reminds me of Elvis. Yeah, so him and Elvis did, <laughs> did hang out in Hawaii, and I wonder, oh, wouldn't it have been awesome? 
if they collaborated. If they collaborated and did an album together. They should have. Oh, God. It would probably be one of my favorites. Seriously. Because Elvis loved Hawaii. And we have to I do, know. We should do a show just on Elvis and his love for Actually, Hawaii. Actually, that's a great idea. We should. Yeah, because he has albums. Blue Hawaii, that yeah. was a great... But we don't want to do another music. No, we'll take a break from we'll the music. We'll take a break. But next, guys, we're going to do Blue... We're just going to call it Blue Hawaii with Elvis. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that'll be a great one. Uh, we'd like to thank everybody, all the patrons, obviously, that for you guys, you know, support. Of course, mahalo. Oh, thank you guys so much. <laughs> Considering we're in such a bad time. <laughs> yeah, we do appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. We'd like you to know, we'd like to know, have you guys received your masks yet? Because this has been something where Mark said he just got his masks. So Mark was the last person to get his masks. He was masks. the last order. Well, the last order, supposedly, right? So hopefully so, everybody else got them. Yeah, but uh, you guys. Let us know. Yeah, let it, let us know. Send us pictures. Yes. <laughs> we want to see. Thank you. We want to know because, you know, we're going to be getting ready to do, you know, all the patron shirts and hats. Yeah. And we're going to be going through the process soon. I'm going to be posting something on uh, Facebook within the next week of what I what you guys want and what you like and then from there we're going to go ahead and start producing them. Yep. Please be more interactive with us because I'm starting to see a fall off like, you know, no um, messages, phone messages. So I want to see a little bit more of that. I want to see some more emails. I want to see anything you guys can send about what's going on in your lives and we like to talk about it on the show. Yeah, we love your feedback. Always. We don't want it to be just us talking the whole yeah, show. Yeah, always. You know, we <laughs> want to we want to put more things. You know, if I don't know what happened, maybe it's just everyone's life's gotten really busy. Probably. But um, let's hear more back from you guys. And because these things, we're doing these things for you guys. The masks, we like to hear that you guys got it. Because believe it or not, some people. Th- this is crazy. Some people have said, "I forgot my password on how to listen to the Patreon podcasts," and, and they that, just haven't been six listening mu- six months ago. No. I'm like, why don't you just email us and tell us? And we're gonna, we don't want these things happening. And we don't want, like, you guys don't get your uh, COVID mask and you don't tell us. Yeah, let us know, please. Tell us. So we want that same type of, you know, back and forth when we do the shirts and hats for you guys. Absolutely. Okay, sounds good. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and end the podcast. We don't know what we're doing next week. We'll um, figure it out, Come though. on, man. Of course, it's going to be a good one. This is going to be a good one. Okay, the last song, and I would say, oh, it's a perfect ending for Don Ho, this song. And I would say it's my favorite Don Ho song. It's a beautiful one. I remember you. Very beautiful. All right. Okay, ready? Ready. Shoot. Shoot. All right. See Aloha. you guys next week. Aloha. <laughs> Your 
How you look at it, it's still aloha. Be pono, be righteous.